Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 325. It's Tuesday, the 10th of November, 2013. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. Hey. Welcome. Well, we have some exciting things on the show tonight, but also exciting things in the newsroom. So, more than 2 million Facebook, Google, and Yahoo account passwords have been posted online. Bad news. Eight global technology firms have called for wide-scale changes to U.S. government surveillance. The brightest flashlight app for Android has been tracking your every movement and covertly sharing the data with third parties. Yikes. Yikes. The new USB spec means it'll no longer matter which way you plug in your USB cable. That's exciting. Stick around. These shows are coming up later in the show. Thanks, Krista. Tonight, Bill Milkreist from ESET is joining us, and we're going to talk about uh, the state of current security issues like viruses, malware, spyware, uh, different, all this kind of stuff that has just infiltrated our internet-connected world. Also, Bill has brought along some wonderful gifts for you, uh, so stick around. It is going to be a great show. Don't go anywhere. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Kid and your host, Robbie Ferguson. To secure your company, you need confidence in a trusted solution. Technological leadership has made ESET a pioneer of the antivirus industry for 25 years. Continual research and development has earned us trust in our solutions. A long record of awards and independent security tests are proof of this as are millions of users worldwide. ESET Endpoint Security Solutions for your business. Emerging threats are eliminated by our unique scanning engine with cloud-based technology. Low system demands ensure fast and efficient security. Web control prevents network overloads and controls online activity. With our easily manageable solution, you can oversee security on thousands of endpoints from a single console. Flexible, easily managed, and cost-effective. Endpoint security solutions from ESET. Proven. Trusted. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So good to have you here. www.category5.tv is where you'll find us. And pleased to have Bill Milkreese joining us from ESET uh, tonight. Uh, I've been trying to get you in here for a while, and your schedule has just been uh, real busy. Well, thank you for Flying having me, Robbie. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to have you here. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, for the viewers who uh, perhaps don't know a whole lot of the backstory behind ESET, could you just summarize for us a little bit about what, uh, who ESET is, what ESET does? Kind of our uh, little history, a little profile there. A little bit, yeah. Well, okay, I'll see what I can do. 
So ESET, of those who aren't familiar with ESET, ESET's been out for about 25 years now. Uh, headquartered, world headquarters is in Bratislava, Slovakia. And we've got uh, over in over 180 countries worldwide, over 100 million users. And what we do is we're an antivirus, anti-malware company. And we are in the business of protecting people's laptops from all these nasty things we see out in, out in, uh, out in the wild these days, from uh, banking trojans to uh, uh, botnet activities and uh, right. just really, really nasty stuff. The landscape happened. of viruses has changed a lot in the past 25 years, that's for sure. It has. It so, has. When it so, first started out. Sorry, go ahead. So no, uh, you, you started out. and no, started out. Viruses were just really all about nuisance. Just, yeah. Uh, Putting some kind of a message on your laptop or, or your notebook, and uh, now it's all about is exploiting uh, financial vulnerabilities and uh, selling, you know, your stolen credentials online. I mean, so there's a lot to risk these days. Yeah, Krista was mentioning at the top of the show that uh, that there have been f- Facebook exploits and millions of passwords that are out there now on yeah, the web, and it just makes you wake up and think, okay, well, how does social media play in all of a sudden to antivirus yeah uh, social media is is such a new thing for so many people and one thing about social media people don't always realize it's not just people trying to hack into your account like this most recent thing with facebook mm-hmm. is also uh people aren't aware of the privacy policies when you're looking at facebook or linkedin and uh mo- better than half of the people that we've uh, surveyed have never even read their online, their social media privacy policies. They're not really even aware of what's being shared out there. Scary fact, really. Yeah. You know, have yeah. you? Uh, and passwords must be a, a big thing as well, because um, if people are having these things hacked, like, are we talking key loggers? Like, what is what's able to get that information? Well, it's you know, people just don't use smart passwords, and, yeah. and it really, it's it's not just about having a good, you know, bulletproof. Uh, antivirus product on your on your laptop or your computer but it's about being smart it's about using smart passwords it's about not using very obvious you know your, your name and uh, your birth date for example so it's really about being smart and and change them on a regular basis and most people have fewer than seven passwords. I believe that's what the, uh, I, I could not be correct. And yet we exactly. probably use a hundred different websites. We're using the same password on all of those. For all those. So somebody exploits, say, Facebook and gets my password. Now all of a sudden they've got access probably to Twitter right. and everything else that uses that same password. Maybe even my online banking. Precisely. So. And once once they can get your online credentials, if, if, uh, if you happen to actually uh, have your credentials compromised, and there's a million different ways of actually getting your uh, your financial information stolen. It's not just somebody hacking into your account, but it's also about being safe during, say, a public Wi-Fi, for example. Sure. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, uh, and this was news to me when I first heard about it, is when you go into, say, a coffee shop somewhere and you'll actually see a um, you know the the free Wi-Fi come up on your list of yeah. networks. Is anything really free? Like, yeah, realistically, well, it is, but. Who's you listening? Actually, yeah. Who's listening? Who's sniffing those passwords as you type them in? For sure. Right. For sure. So, so who's ESET's customer? I mean, you have products that span not just our you know home users sitting at home with a Windows computer. Yeah. Um, you also have products, of course, to protect Mac and Linux as right. well as business corporate environments. So, who who really is is using your software? 
All manner of companies, Robbie. Uh, mm-hmm. We're everything from a small business all the way up to enterprise companies. Uh, we are in uh, many different vertical markets. We're heavily into healthcare, education, finance, uh, government. Uh, one of the things that we really like to talk a lot about, too, particularly some of these vertical markets that he sets into, for example, like talking about healthcare. You know, mm-hmm. in the U.S., we have HIPAA. And we have, uh, for education market, we have things like FERPA and the, the Child Protection Internet Act, things right. like that, mm-hmm. where schools have to have some kind of reasonable policy in place for protecting, uh, what filtering out unwanted websites. Okay, that yeah. Potentially protect the kids from protect- seeing stuff that they shouldn't kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, we protect those markets by, uh, by again, by our um, two classes of products we have. We've got... He said Internet Antivirus, and then we have a product called Internet Security, which is including things like the firewall, the web content filtering, right. and um, the device control and things like that, the spam the spam control, spam filtering. Right. So. Uh, how has the cloud played into antivirus, especially with ESET, thinking about your threat sense services and right. and how and the cloud being this generalization of basically the the modern internet where we're so interconnected it's basically like a supercomputer. Yeah. So we're able to tap into the resources of every computer that's connected to the internet. So as far as my antivirus goes, when I'm running an, uh, ESET's product, how does that sure cloud? So sure. to speak, how does that infrastructure affect me? Okay, yeah. So cloud, cloud-powered scanning, or whatever you want to maybe refer to it. But so uh, the way it works with uh, when I like to talk about security too, it's not just how good your various components of antivirus are, Robbie. Mm-hmm. But it's it's many different components which make a good antivirus. So ESET has something called Live Grid, which is what we we're talking about with cloud-powered right, yeah. scanning. Live Grid is really. Um, really kind of links into our ThreatSense.net advanced early warning system, which is really a collection of all ESET users who submit data on all suspicious files that could potentially be a virus. Um, All of their information is assembled into our antivirus research lab. Mm -hmm. So we can be more intelligent, make our products better. We get those samples in. And it's not just the malicious files, it's also the safe files as well. So when our product starts to go and scanning your computer, what it's going to do is through our ThreatSense technology, mm-hmm. we have whitelisted files, we have blacklisted files. So when a user starts to scan their computer, those files are actually matched up to uh, to this uh, to the ThreatSense engine. ThreatSense engine, and if it's a whitelisted file, we say we won't going to scan that. That's a safe sure. file. We're never mm-hmm. going to hashtag it. So never scanned again. And uh, this way, you're not scanning your whole computer every single time you do a scan. So okay. it's just by efficiency. So I take it you, you mentioned hashtagging the file that we're not actually transferring private data to ESET's servers in such a way that that you're scanning it, but actually comparing um, MD5 sums or something along those lines. So yeah, something along those lines exactly. It's very not technical. Sending. Very technical. Yes. If I can summarize yes. a little bit how I picture this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but just for the viewers who are, okay, well, what does this actually mean? Yep. So if my computer scans a file and says, oh, this is, this is definitely virus infected, it can take an MD5 sum of that, say, as an example, which is a, a, a code that tells any, basically it compares that file to any file without revealing anything about the file other than the checksum. So if I now have that checksum on a server and my computer connects out to that and says, oh, that checksum matches, my computer doesn't even have to scan that file. It already knows that it's blacklisted. Correct. Before it even scans it. So it can stop it 
because somebody else somewhere else in the world had that file, got that checksum, and that information got uploaded to the server and said blacklist. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. That's exactly So that, that must affect the performance of the antivirus product as well because my computer's not having to heuristically go in and decode all of the every file, basically, that I open on my computer. Right, because not only do you want great antivirus protection, we all want to make sure we capture all the in-the-wild viruses, mm -hmm. but you also don't want to be sitting there. And one of the great things about these set products is it, while you're doing a full system scan, you should be able to open up multiple web pages, do your normal work without sure. having to be bogged down. So that's the worst thing, because then people are going to stop using antivirus if it's something that's going to interfere with their everyday. So you're bang on there with the whole assessment in terms of how that works. Uh, so it's part of the whole package, Rob. You're talking about uh, threat sets engine. We're talking about advanced heuristics, which is going after all the unknown viruses as well. Right. And so, I mean, we're getting... Scanning the content of files as they come through. Right. Yeah. So you know how many new virus samples we see every single day? Love to know. About up to 200,000. Per day? Per day. I was shocked when I heard 200, that. 200,000 viruses. I mean, I think that, you know, we see that in a year, and that's substantial. Yeah. And we know the number's high, but 200,000 in a day? In a day, yeah. That's what Who's that's making what comes this, and why, why are people making so many viruses? Like, they're not all crypto lockers and no. viruses that are trying to get your money off your credit card. Like, what's the, what's the purpose in all these viruses? Well, the purpose is money. I mean, when you how, right. how do I make money off of this, Bill? If you, if, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> you're asking me these well, uh, uh, two hundred thousand <laughs> viruses. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some kind of motivation, yeah, for the program. And this is, and I ask this because this is a question yeah. that I get all the time. Well, who's making it, and, and why? Yeah. What's the motivation of the hacker who's creating these viruses? And there's several motivations, and there's so many different ways of actually. Um, using a hacked device. I mean, there, we've identified at ESET over 36 different ways you can actually use a compromised computer. But mm. one of the most obvious ways, obviously, is financial gain. So if you're actually able to steal um, somebody's financial information, their, their credit card oh, information, okay. so, you can actually go online. There's actually online auction sites or websites for selling. No uh, way. Oh, yeah. come on. Absolutely. Personal data? Personal data. Tennessee, it's a whole black market for it. Tennessee Frank there was also mentioning in the chat room phishing scams and you know how these malicious programs get into people's computers and trick them into giving personal information, yeah. um, hijacking browsers, making it look like you're logging into Twitter, but actually you're giving your Twitter credentials to a hacker. Right. So how does ESET protect me against that kind of thing? Well, in our uh, anti-phishing um, yeah. feature, in our in our Version seven, it actually will prevent. You know, will actually block those emails and, and prevent that. To stop them from hitting my inbox. Right. Cool. Precisely. But you know, again, as I really we talk about overall in terms of cybersecurity, it's not just the product; it's the mm -hmm. behavior. I mean, we talk about all the time about best practices and what yeah. not to click on and what you should be clicking on because you know nothing is a hundred percent foolproof. We all know that. I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, if you click on the wrong thing and it's, uh, or again, if you compromise your password, you're logging on to a fake free Wi-Fi network, you're, you always have sure, to be aware. Yeah. So, so cybersecurity Unencrypted websites and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's funny the things, one of the website we have, which is a great, great blog for all things, uh, for all things uh, cybersecurity, is mm -hmm. We Live Security. It's, it's our uh, welivesecurity.com, which is our uh, ESET blog for all things relating to cybersecurity. You know, there you can see the top 10 banking scams that may be online or the top okay. five tips to protect yourself at a public Wi-Fi. 
and the uh, it's unlimited in terms of how people will try to trick you. So it's a great mm-hmm. it's a great it's a great site to view. Some really great information on there as well as a uh, our global. Um, virus outbreak map, which shows you worldwide where the viruses are. Yeah, I was looking at that. It's interesting to see, you know, Canada, U.S. are pretty much on par. Sure. You've got certain areas of the world where it's just red and they're, you know, 20% of computers are infected. Yeah. That's an astounding stat. Yeah. Um, and you can see that on that website, uh, welivesecurity.com. Also makes me think a little bit, uh, something that has always struck me about ESET is that you're not just selling antivirus products and we're not selling antivirus products today or anything like that. But sure. You're, you mentioned right at the top of this interview that one of the key things is you just got to be smart. And one of the things that has struck me about ESET is that you're not just providing antivirus products and anti-phishing, anti-malware, anti-spam, but you're also providing education. So WeLiveSecurity.com is one way that you're doing that. How else are you stepping outside of kind of, I would say, the what a, a company needs to do as an antivirus product vendor? Yeah. And you're now becoming also an education provider and, and making people aware of phishing scams. and Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you mentioned We Live Security. Um, there's another uh, non-for-profit organization that's called securing, SecuringYourEcity.org, mm-hmm. which is a non-for-profit um, foundation that uh, is not directly connected with ESEP, but it is a, it is a uh, organization that really teaches safe cyber awareness and uh, best practices and things <laughs> of that nature. So again, it's all about you know, education uh, and, uh, and how to stay safe online, you know, for families, for businesses, I mean, for, for our children, all the way up to, uh, to, to um, municipalities and, and, uh, and companies. Right. So. so the company user, the corporate user, um, you offer a full suite of software th- right. to protect the company. Um, your endpoint solutions products have they're they're progressing at a fantastic rate, and we're seeing some really great things. Even even little things that I didn't know your software did, such as device control, and this is something that really piqued my interest because we've looked at. Um, you know, I was even talking to Robert Gorzinski from Australia, who is a viewer of our show, and and looking for some way to disable USB drives on yeah. his family computer so that people can't be plugging in flash drives. Sure. But sure. still wants to be able to use this keyboard and mouse. Sure. So to see that your product is now doing device level control as well. Yeah. That's a fantastic feature and and seeing some of those things coming in. It, it's a great feature because I, I I don't believe this statistic is still it may not be exactly bang on correct but I I, re, I read at one point that about 30% of all malware is introduced through a removable device. Even still yeah, I'm not sure how long it, it is could that, be. Is that from 25 years ago? Well, I don't know. Not 25 years ago. <laughs> okay. I'd say the last five I remember. years, something like that. Yeah, well, floppy drives and everything used to be the thing, but yeah. to think that we're spreading viruses still through media yeah. to that extent it could, is It could be amazing. a little high, but it's with fairly recent. Like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, I mean, it, this, I mean, everything you say to yesterday is going to change by tomorrow, sure, right? Yeah. So let's just kind of get. But uh, as far as the removable media, obviously you can set the products up. So, you know, every time you put a removable right. media in, it's going to scan it, you know, yeah. or it's purely user driven. They can set those options up. Mm-hmm. And so, we also uh, want to protect our friends and family as well. So you say that, that's astounding to me to think that 30% are still being yeah. transferred to the, by that medium. Yeah. And and we think, oh, well, that computer downstairs is not connected to the Internet, so I don't need antivirus on it. Well, guess what? Yeah. You've, you're transferring this thing you know, through USB or whatever. Sure. And was, it's, you know, you're talking about not just uh, removable media, uh, Robbie, but also a big, uh, a big thing we talk about also is, is BYOD. And yep. you know, as far as 
how many companies are going to have a set security policy mm-hmm. for their personal device coming into work and sure. what's the what's the virus infection or malware infection from those kind of devices sure. i mean what's that risk like yeah so years ago you didn't have to companies didn't have to worry about having a byod policy because nobody brought their <laughs> right byod of course for those who are wondering is bring your own device right. so if i bring my cell phone in and plug it into my computer to charge it it's connected now as an external hard drive and suddenly can be infecting or spreading malware or whatever to that network if i don't have a policy in place so yeah it's yeah frightening stuff but it is frightening stuff ESET's yeah. really on the forefront and uh and really doing well you mentioned in the wild viruses and that's something that i did want to raise because virus bulletin has constantly continually found ESET to be yeah. uh, a, a front contender when it comes to in-the-wild viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as statistics go from third parties, and so I'm not asking for you know, ESET to you know, say, oh, yeah, we're great, but yeah. really th- what it really boils down to is the third-party statistics, the third-party analysis, analysis, analyses. Analyses. analyses, where, yeah. because they're going to tell me in the chat room, hey, you said that wrong. <laughs> we'll correct um, you right yeah. now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It really boils down to the third parties who test all the different products that are available out there. How does right. ESET rank? Okay, well, you mentioned uh, Virus Bullet 100, I believe. So mm-hmm. in terms of in how, uh, how ESET ranks, so Virus Bullet 100 award, in order to uh, win one of those awards, you have to detect all the viruses in the sample while having no false positives. Um, the last time we updated, I believe ESET had won 80 uh, VB100 awards. Wow. which is an astounding number. And again, you that's have to extremely det- high. Yeah. yeah, you have to detect all the viruses in the sample. I know false positives because false positives are also extremely important, too, because you're not going to want to use sure. it if you're always getting red flagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there are many third party, independent third party um, testing that compares us. So you're talking about you, you want to compare an AV. You want to look at the uh, obviously protection is first and foremost. Sure. You also also want to talk about, you know, how fast does it take to scan and what's the footprint like? One mm-hmm. thing about ESET and our products we're very, very proud of is the light footprint. You know, one of the, we're one of the lightest uh, footprints out there in the industry. Uh, so we're not bloatware. We're not going to slow your computer down so people don't use the product. So that's, right. that's critical. And, well. and also it should be noted along, those, along that vein is that we're not bombarded with these pop-ups that some other products yeah. bombard you with. Like literally, I, I was servicing a computer that had another competing product, we'll say, sure. and continually just pop up pop up okay okay delete delete quarantine quarantine yeah yeah and you had yeah. to click everything and eset does not hound me like that i love yeah. that about it so yeah um so where can we find just before we wrap up the interview where can we find more information about eset the software where can i get this product for my business for my home computers okay well obviously as far as uh, getting more information you can always visit the website that's uh, eset eset.com that's obviously you can get all the information on our business products as well as our consumer products uh, there's a myriad of different choices right there but obviously if you're if you're a consumer mm-hmm. all the information will be listed there uh, and obviously there's a variety of information listed online and um, the business products uh, you can uh, you can you can download a trial as well try it out that's what it's all about. You know, if you want to really kind of sure, get an yeah. idea of what the product's like. Give so. it a try. Remove your old antivirus. Put this in. See how yeah. it runs. Make sure you move yeah. the old antivirus. because Yes, it's uh, an important move. They do not play well together. You can't have two antiviruses <laughs> on your computer They're going to fight. They're going to yeah. quarantines. They're, They're going to battle each other. Yeah. So, but they can, you get more information off of, uh, off of our website. Mm-hmm. Again, I encourage everybody, if they haven't visited, we live security.com. It's, 
it's it's not just about ESET. It's a, it's a great site for just cybersecurity, cyber awareness. Uh, lots of great content on there in terms of just tips and tricks. And uh, we're all about education here too. And for Linux users and Mac users, education is very important as well because we may not be as susceptible as a Windows user, say, to viruses right. at this point. But there's still phishing scams. There's still right. things that are getting our passwords and our banking information by tricking us. And so education is a very, you know, that's a key component to our safety as well. So, Are we ever going to be safe? Is there ever going to be a point where Windows users and Mac users and Linux users can just sigh and be totally sit back? Safe. And- can I get back to you on that? <laughs> maybe another twenty-five years, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, maybe not for a while. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a jungle out there in terms of uh, cyber crime and awareness. But uh, we've come a long way. I mean, I think as long as we give users the tools and uh, and educate them, and when they, on our on our consumer product, there actually is uh, there is actually cyber training. They can actually take um, some uh, little course there. More education. There call you them go. education. So mm-hmm. that's built into our into our into our consumer products. So awesome. Uh, but will it ever be totally safe? You know, I guess that's uh, <laughs> you know, jury's still out on that. But we'll uh, we'll have to see. Cool. We have a short uh, link that goes uh, directly to uh, purchasing site for you. Cat five TV slash eset. And we'll also post links for you, every link that has been mentioned tonight, the blog, ESET's website, where you can order, where you can get more information, uh, more education as well. Uh, We'll post those in the show notes for episode number 325. Bill, I promised uh, to the chat room that we would give some of these away. Sure. Uh, Tonight we're going to give one away, and you've actually brought in a a nice handful of prepaid Visa cards, Visa gift cards from ESET. So these actually come to us from ESET. And uh, we appreciate that. Yep. Our viewers appreciate that. So Drawbot is uh, entering the chat room right now. And these are uh, your gift card for $25. We're going to let that go. Here we go. Thank you very, very much, Bill, for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me nice here. Having it's been great. Thank you, Robbie. Cheers. All right. Happy holidays. You too. All right, folks. Chat room. This is for you. I see Jot, Bill777. Good luck, everybody. This is for a $25 Visa gift card from ESET. Thank you, Bill. Greg N. Tuxtech Thibod. Speeding up. Here we go. We'd love to send this to you. Jay Blank. Tux Tech. Shine Shadow. It's too fast. I can't keep up. Dennis Kelly. And the winner is... Thibod. Congratulations, Thibod. We will send you a gift card. All you have to do is uh, get into uh, email and email live at category5.tv with your mailing address. Look at this. Oh, nice shiny, nice. nice shiny visa for you, just in time for. They're so Christmas. nice when they're still sparkly. I know, <laughs> hasn't even been activated. Just activate it and send it off, and oh, yeah. there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Buy some coffee on the way. Why not? Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Yeah. Well, uh, thank you to all our viewers who sent in donations this week. Uh, you can still support us financially at HTTP uh, cat5.tv slash C. Indeed. Also, don't forget to check out our mobile website. It's m.cat5.tv. If you've got your mobile device, scan that QR code or just visit the, the uh, mobile website as well. m.cat5.tv. That's got live streaming video, live streaming audio, on-demand video. And uh, you can check that out. Yes. And Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of International Broad- Inter- Internet Broadcasters. Oh. I know there's two eyes. It's Frozen. a mouthful. International Association of Internet <laughs> Broadcasters. I was close. Do I get like a star close. for being close? You have a $25 visa. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, well. I am pleased mm-hmm. that perks have started going out from our Indiegogo campaign. Exciting. So those, some of you have already received your perks, I know. Some of you are waiting for the smile that you purchased. So <laughs> When does that come back? Oh, I... Right now. Oh. Come on. Do it. Smile. I to am smiling. Are you smiling? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm doing it. It's awkward. How long, how long was oh. the smile for? Yeah. How least, long were, did they minutes. purchase it? It was like a hundred of them bought it. My cheeks so, are going to hurt. Maybe one a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so we fulfilled the smiles. No, you made us smile, and we're going to smile every time we see our new studio when it gets built. Uh, mm-hmm. We appreciate everybody's support. Also, we've got uh, the, the business cards. I told you I would show you these. Jot, um, check it out. Personally autographed. These, gift, uh, these are our business cards. Our business cards are awesome. Are, are you biased? They are primo. I am a little biased. This is, this is the Crystal Wells business card there it is personally autographed by the crystal wells it's worth at least 10 cents on ebay at least mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've got those for you uh, if uh, if that's your perk also this is great it's hmm. pulling out the big guns yeah, guys let's see our eight by tens there you go so these are being shipped out this week as well and incidentally uh rob gore uh, has requested that you sign this for him. So I got these special Oh, fresh kind of sharpies. sharpies even. I know. I had to actually because Only I checked the my best. sharpies. And I haven't been signing enough autographs. <laughs> so they went Or you've dry. been signing too many. Too many. Yeah. So they've all run out. I, I made this black area at the so bottom. So I can I sign anywhere? Keep in mind, Rob Gore might frame this. I'm expecting he will. Like a big, chunky, solid yeah. gold frame so is what you you're go. thinking. So he's just going to sign this for you, Rob. All right. It's, anywhere or by me? Well, by you or down on the black area where oh, well, where do you want her to sign, Rob? I'm gonna sign down here. All right. I'm gonna start a trend. There we go. Uh, How's the Sharpie? Pretty good. Oh, primo. So these are going out personally autographed for you. And so if you uh if you have an eight by ten going your way, um just note that those are not printed with the autographs. Those are actually being put on there for you. Thanks, Krista. Um, and we've got all the other perks are going out as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a ton of awesome stuff. Uh, we've got NetTalk Duo uh, devices. The Duo 2 is what we're sending you if you yes. if that was your perk. The, uh, the NetTalk Duo gives you the free phone calling for North America, basically Canada, the United States. And also, they've got a brand new website, very, very impressive website that really helps you to fire your phone company. It's nettalk.ca. And you want to check this out. It's a voice over IP device that turns your internet connection into a phone jack, and you can make your calls 
free calling anywhere in Canada, the U.S., and mm-hmm. you can send one overseas, and you got free calling over to them overseas, uh, Net Talk to Net Talk. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. NetTalk.ca. Check out their new website. It's really cool stuff. Sounds like a Christmas present to me. Sounds like it. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for the news? Oh, not only are we ready, I'm even going to do it well. Fantastic. All right. My favorite. (laughs) All right. No pressure, guys. No pressure. The top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. More than 2 million stolen passwords used for sites such as Facebook, Google, and Yahoo, and other web services have been posted online. Yeah, Bill and I were talking about this. I know. Yeah. No, so Deja I should just vu. pass this then, because yeah. it's yeah. already been talked yeah. about. Well, tell us what well, happened. I'll tell you more. Yeah. It is yeah. suspected the data was taken from computers infected with malicious software that log key presses. It oh, is not okay. known how old the details are, but the experts warn that even outdated information posed a risk. Security researcher Graham Cluley said, we don't know how many of these details still work, but we know that 30 to 40% of people use the same passwords on different websites. That's certainly pu- something people should not do. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, Change it, them it's up. exactly what Bill and I were talking about there, just using the same password mm-hmm. on multiple websites. Dangerous stuff when one website gets compromised. Yeah. And, you know, we tend to use the same password because we don't want to have to Creatures memorize Creatures of habit. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually generate these crazy passwords for every Pass. website that I go to whenever they need me to register. Mm-hmm. And we see it. I mean, even big companies like uh, Adobe, for example, completely compromised and all their user credentials right. gone. So if you, if you went to download and you had to sign up in order to download an update for your product and you use the same password that you're using somewhere else, then you could be in trouble. So change your passwords. Yeah, change them up. It's change not that hard. those passwords. Easy. Oh, the leading global technology firms have called for wide-scale changes to U.S. government surveillance. Google, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, AOL, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Yahoo have formed an alliance called Reform Government Surveillance Group. The group has written a letter to the U.S. Pres- president and Congress, arguing that current surveillance practice and un- sorry, current surveillance practice undermines the freedom of people. It comes after recent leaks detailed the extent of surveillance programs. The group said in an open letter published on their website, we understand that governments have a duty to protect their citizens, but the summer revelations highlighted the urgent need to reform government surveillance practices worldwide. Apple, Microsoft, Yahoo, Google, and Facebook have all confirmed they have complied with orders to hand over data relating to national security matters to the U.S. authorities, but have been forbidden from saying exactly how many requests they have received or details about their scope. Hmm. The group is calling upon the government to give companies the rights to provide details of any such data requests to their users. I think that's good because I think where it becomes a little bit scary in a way is companies like Google who really know a lot about you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's the privacy policy. The typical privacy policy is we will not divulge your information. Yes. However, if we are legally required to, then we will. And that's the basically mm-hmm. a nutshell privacy policy because, yeah, the law steps in and says you have to. We've got a search warrant or a, an right. order here from the courts that says you have to give us that information. When it comes to a company like Google, they know a lot. Yes. They've been watching they us know and tracking us, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they serve up the advertising that pays our bills, and it seems to be relevant to you surfing mm-hmm. our website because they know a little bit about you. I don't know that information, but it helps target advertising yes. and things like that. So Absolutely. it's a good thing. But, so where do you draw the line? 
nice to see them stepping forward and doing something about it, or at least trying. Well, the effort we'll that counts, the thought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got such a cool alliance name. You could have thought of something really more Jedi-like. Like Shield. Yes. But that's taken, obviously. Ah, ah. Oh, no. <laughs> that one's gone. All right. All the good ones are gone. Just give up. Yeah. <laughs> the U.S. Federal Trade Commission has revealed that tens of millions of Android users have been deceived by a developer who covertly gathered personal data. Golden Shores Technologies took ID and specific location data from the millions of uh, millions using its brightest flashlight app. The developers Whoa. shared the data with ad networks, but did not tell users about this practice. A settlement deal signed by Golden Shores tightens up its po- privacy policy and demands that the company change how it handles data. In particular, it must no longer misrepresent. Oh my goodness! Must no longer <laughs> misrepresent how it gathers data and whom it is shared with, and must give consumers meaningful control over what is done with the information. In addition, it must delete all the data it previously gathered from those who downloaded the flashlight app. Wow. Makes that's sense. that's a little bit ominous. I mean this is this is the one that turns on your screen or your flash. Yeah. Would you expect that from a flashlight? Turns out? it into a flashlight. Yeah. So Just everybody like, installed it. Of course. It's a flashlight on your phone. Why would you not? Right. But you're walking around with this flashlight. Your phone has geolocation. Yeah. It can tell where you are. And they're tracking that? And divulging that information to third parties. So everywhere that I am, they're tracking it. They're saving that data. They're sharing that data along with, and I know this isn't part of the news story, but just to take it a little bit further, along with uh, privately identifying code for your phone so that they can say, oh, yeah, that was that phone. Mm -hmm. That's that's really gray area for me. That's a little over the line. They should be shutting them down. I should be. Get them out of the Android. Say no to flashlight apps, people. Get them out of Google (sighs) Play. Turn off your flashlights. Get a real one. (laughs) Put some eco alkalines in it. All right. Just saying. Flashlights are not safe. (laughs) And now for some good news. Okay. USB cable developers have announced that a forthcoming version of the connectors plugged will be reversible. Yay. Finally. I know. No more this like puts us in, in comp- looking at the I plug. Know. Why won't it go in? This puts us in competition with Mac. Woohoo. Because now we have a cable that's going to... I think it was GWG in the chat room who said it's all, it always takes three times to get your USB right. Once. It does. Twice. And then a third time, which yeah. is... The, it, somehow it's true. Never goes and on I, the I, first. And I've observed that ever. that's true. So I can turn it upside down? Nice. <laughs> can I turn it sideways? No. No, not yet. So I can't put it in any way I want. No, give it another few years. They're going to improve it. Okay. Oh. What else? It means users of the universal serial bus cables will no longer have to worry which way round the part is facing when plugging it into a device. The specification is due to be completed by mid-2014 and the first product on the market by 2016. So only a few years to wait. 15 years to get it to us? Well, you know, all the molds and I don't know. I don't pretend to know. We got to reinvent the wheel. Just the anticipation. Makes sense that universal serial bus would be two plus years. Yeah, you know, universal. That's all right. Yeah, that's gonna take a little while. <laughs> well, hey, we look forward to it. Thanks for the advance yeah. notice, Krista. Oh, anytime. Yeah. Talk to me in 2016 when yeah. I'm using one. What's the one then, on the like. Mac? It's like the lightning cable or something yes. like that that you can turn it over and. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because so it's just it's like wee little, Mac and killer? it's either way. And is this no, finally the Mac nothing will ever kill Max. 
can, we can put in our USB cables whichever way we want. It's so, still not as awesome. But can you use them cross-product? Tablet to computer to phone. You can't do that with a Mac. Oh, you, you mean the little the tablet. Uni- Is that the thing on the iPhone 5s? I don't know. I don't no, have an iPhone 5. They don't have any USB I'm not awesome like that. Those. My tablet has a USB no. jack. Anyways. I can plug in a flash drive. Had enough of Robbie. Takes micro SD. What a guy. <laughs> Guys can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you guys have a news story that you think is worthy of on-air mention, make sure to email us at newsroom at category5.tv from the category5.tv newsroom. I'm Krista Wells. Thanks, Krista. No problem. Uh, I don't know if you caught me on Craig Crossman's Computer America radio show a couple weeks back, but just in case you wanted to catch the show, uh, cat5.tv slash Computer America, you can tune in. Uh, that's just a hot link direct to the MP3 file. That'll uh, let you listen. That was fun. Uh, a couple weeks back was uh, on international radio from coast to coast in the United States. Um, it's amazing what uh, what Skype can do. So, mm-hmm. But uh, that was kind of fun. Cat5.tv slash Computer America. Also, can we say hello to some of our new viewers that are joining us on our website? Oh, nice I'm sure we can. Lil Willie. Hey. Welcome. Also, uh, I saw G77237, which I was trying to think if that might be Leet, but what could it possibly be? Like, good. All the other usernames are taken. So it's not Leet. But uh, he is uh, in Oman, uh, across the sea from Iran, as far as I understand. Oh. Uh, nice to have you joining us, and nice to have you registered on our website and being a part of the show. Welcome. Betaku. Sure. Betaku. And welcome. Yeah, welcome. Also, Hakimoto. Oh, TV. How can I get the hard ones? TVI Asin? This is in the TVI Asin. TVI Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Category 5. If you'd like to register, it's free. Mm-hmm. Category5.tv. Why would you want to register? <laughs> well, you get free stuff. No strings. No strings attached. You just have no, to put up with this just... guy once a week, one hour. Yeah. Well, you can do that anyway. But if you're registered, you can qualify for things such as a free copy of Telestream Wirecast version 5. Cool. Not only that, but Telestream Wirecast version 5 Pro. It's worth a thousand bucks. We're giving one away. All you have to do is pop me an email live at category5.tv with the subject line, I want Wirecast. If you're not sure what Wirecast is, tune into last week's show, episode number 324. It's a broadcasting suite that will turn your computer into broadcasting hardware so that you can be sending out a live feed if you mm-hmm. want to do gaming or a television broadcast or you want to do, uh, you know, if churches use this for being able to stream their sermons live on Sunday mornings. It's great software. We're giving away a free copy worth a thousand bucks. All you got to do is email me live Easy. at category5.tv. But you got to be registered on our website. And in the body of that email, just tell me your registered username. That's all there is to it. So if you're not registered, go register and then send me the email. You might win. Do it. Why not? Do it. I think we should get into viewer questions just because we're pushing the time envelope. And I love receiving your questions. Thanks, folks, for sending them in. Nice to see everybody in the chat room. I know I haven't uh, been paying too much attention to you. I tried to give some shout outs there. Rev D. Jank, nice to see you. All right. Sorry, trying to find an awesome question. Okay, here is one from. They're all awesome. <laughs> the poor some, person who. Some are we're going to run out of time, and somebody's <laughs> question isn't going to get touched here. And they're going to be like, oh. 
Not you. Trying to do my job, Robbie. Okay. Do it well. Here is from Michael Schultz. He says, hi, Robbie, at least $2 from me. Oh, okay. Thanks for the contribution. (laughs) What I wanted to say, I can understand you want to proceed technically, but... Oh, with regards to the studio build. I got you. I'd like to hear this out. Yeah. Okay. But don't forget one thing. Many people like me love the show because it is like it is easy and simple. And because it is in the cellar with the... called a simple. Well, we are simple folk here in (laughs) Canada. Canada. (laughs) Um, Because it is in a cellar with the nice wall and furniture in the background, it feels so cozy and warm. That's my opinion. I like it that way more than with a full-blown virtual studio. But on the other hand, better video is always welcome. Of course. Good luck and thanks for your time and great shows and your help to the community of people who love to help and spread the word of Linux. You're a bunch of wonderful people. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Michael. Uh, I appreciate your comments very, very much. And I've been receiving that, actually, Krista, a fair bit. People saying, you know what? Don't I love, I love the way the show is. We can move this show as it is out to the new studio. And I know that you already know, but it, our cost would be 17500 bucks to do that. Why mm-hmm. do we want to do that? Even barring everything else is because we'd have a soundproof room, uh, which means when the kids are thumping around, they can, and it won't matter to the show. Uh, because we are, in fact, you say we're in a, a cellar. This is actually the basement of my home. Yes. And so we lose about a third of the floor space of our home. It would be really, really nice to be able to move it out. And uh, that's part of it. But when, when you mention also higher quality, we want to get better cameras. We want to get away from using consumer hardware, um, not for anything, like not for prestige or anything like that, but just so that the show looks as good as it can. Uh, because we've been doing this for, you know, we're in our seventh season. We want to make it as, as good as we can. Uh, we're always growing. We're always expanding. Um, and it's a, sometimes a slow process, but your mm-hmm. donations have been really, really helping to push us forward. Um, so we appreciate that, and thank you for your contribution. All right. Here we'll is slash half question, half comment. Okay. Uh, from Lateb. Lateb? Hey. Uh, hello, Robbie. I recently found your show and really enjoy the format and the tutorials you provided for Linux users. I also watch Linux Linux Action Show when I can, and on Mm -hmm. their most recent show, they brought up an issue on affiliate links and Amazon Terms of Service, which I thought you might warn others that produce podcasts about. Right. Yeah, I saw that. The link for the YouTube video is, uh, you know, it's a link. For Linux Action Show. I'll post that in the show notes for episode Um, 325. Yeah. And then Chris's explanation begins at 39 minutes. What happened, I believe, with Linux Action Show is that they use affiliate links from Amazon in order Mm -hmm. to raise a fair bit of money. So if you click that link, just like when I when I say, for example, cat5.tv slash ESET, they know that that's come from Category 5 yes. because it's a trackable link. And that's part of the reason that we do it also because it's a little easier for us to say out loud and, and give it to you verbally. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of long URLs and we can shorten them. But mm-hmm. because they're able to track that, if we're in an affiliation role, we're able to actually receive some income. And in this case, Amazon basically said, we're not going to pay you what we technically owe you according to this line right. in the affiliate agreement. So they ended up getting, you know, hit for losing yeah. a lot of money that they were expecting. And when you're expecting it in a broadcast, it can be very, very painful because there are real, very, very real expenses mm-hmm. with doing a show like this. If you read my blog, baldnerd.com, you know, I, I sometimes talk about how I'm tweaking things in order to keep our expenses down because with 60,000 people watching a week and with a content distribution network that is, we have four active CDNs just to be able to keep mm-hmm. up with the data throughput, 
the terabytes of data that's downloaded every week. And, uh, and, and that's very, very costly. So I, I can feel for them. By tweaking things, do you mean like only two of your kids get to eat this week? And <laughs> <laughs> no, I try to keep this and that separate. But oh, um, we introduced sure. another CDN this week, which I'm quite excited about mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're basically separating out some of our data from mm-hmm. different servers and breaking it out into different content distribution networks. Cool. And that's going to make things faster, but it also helps alleviate some of the expense right. by taking older shows and putting them on slower networks. Mm-hmm. So if you download a show that's 100 weeks old, because we're at that point where people will go and they'll download all 325 episodes. Well, <laughs> when that's hosted on S3, going yeah. through CloudFront, that costs 25 cents an episode for you to download. So that is astoundingly expensive when someone goes and downloads all of them, and lots of people do. So we move off some of those older episodes onto slower distribution networks that are a lot cheaper, and so our costs are alleviated mm-hmm. that way. So Yeah, you can get a lot of good up-to-date tech advice from episode one I'm yes sure. yeah. if you go to our website it'll warn you this is very old <laughs> it does not nothing exist. here is worth watching except for nostalgia <laughs> that's about it okay <laughs> and now the question all right um the question about uh something you may have covered in a previous show involves ssc ssd hard drives all right um i run old equipment uh like a p4 3.2 and i'm thinking about installing an ssd and really don't know much about enabling trim an ssd on a p4 can you discuss the issues with trim and especially with older systems thanks and great you guys know what i'm talking about right an SSD on a P4? <laughs> He's like, Mike is, is back here. I don't know if you're watching backstage passing. Pirelli tires on a Pinto. That's Chris uh-huh. from ESET. Um, I just read the questions. Yeah. Well, P4 is, <laughs> we're talking old, age old hardware. Um, sure, you can get more life out of it. Can you take a, an SSD for real? So you're going to have to have um, SATA bus in there somehow. It was probably IDE if it's a P4, though. So, um, anyways, if you got it to work, which is possible, but your bus is going to be killer slow because they didn't have SATA 2, let alone SATA 3 back then. And you may not even have SATA 1. Krista, am I right? Correct. I couldn't have said it better myself. So if you can plug it in, you're not going to get the speed benefits of an SSD compared to if you were to plug it into like a, a... a slightly newer computer. But regardless, uh, okay, so the question about... Sorry, I got so yeah, now caught I have off to find guard it. by... There it is. Uh, I don't know what further question do you want. Just about how he's thinking about, about installing trim. it. Uh, doesn't know about, much about enabling trim. Are you going to be using Linux, or does he mention if he's using no. Linux or Windows? No. Okay, so a- in that case, I don't really have... I don't really know what... Uh, what I can tell you, okay, so if you can get it working, here's the problem. A P4, that was back in the IDE days, they may have had first-gen SATA. That's the interface that you plug your hard drive into. So an SSD looks like this. And if I can get this open, there we go, anti-static bag. That is SATA. That's the interface. Your old P4 uses what's called IDE, most likely. If it has SATA, it's going to be first-gen, so it's going to be 1.5 gigabits a second, I think it was. If it's second gen, it's going to be three gigabits a second. The modern SSD is meant for uh, third gen SATA, which means six gigabits a second. So your old computer won't be able to get those speeds. If you can get it to go, uh, trim, what that is, is it 
basically tells your your hard drive as you're deleting things, it tells the hard drive that it can actually reallocate those sectors of the hard drive. So if your if your hard drive supports it with all the, which all the new ones do, um, your operating system you want to set it to use trim so that it will clear off that space because eventually what's going to happen is if it if you don't use trim your computer's going to get slower just because it doesn't know that those deleted file spaces can be reallocated. So it has more trouble moving things around and, and trim just kind of speeds things up in the long, long haul. It's like a garbage collection gets rid of all the stuff that you've deleted. So, so you definitely want to enable that. I'll give you a link, um, for Linux because I'm more of a Linux guy myself. Cat five dot TV slash trim. We've uh, sent that before it's on web update and it's a reasonably new uh, bit of information about Trim for Linux. Mm-hmm. So if you're using Linux, that's going to be very, very helpful. If not, um, you're going to want to look into God Mode for Windows 7, Windows 8. Um, that's the name of it. So do a search for Trim God Mode Windows, and you'll find out more information about how to get it set up correctly um, on a Windows system and, and maximize your the benefits of a, a solid-state drive. On Linux, I also tend to use RAM disks for my temp storage um, so that it's not temping, swapping, and doing all that stuff on the SSD. I want that stuff to happen in RAM. I've got 16 gigs of RAM, so I can allocate you know, whatever I can do that. Um, that's where if you only have 4 gigs of RAM, your old P4 um, probably doesn't even have that. You're going to lose the ability to use your swap and your temp folder as um, in RAM, in a RAM disk. You don't want those things really happening on the SSD. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the question. I hope I'm helping. Don't really know, though, at this point, so let me know. <laughs> Here's a question from uh, JP. Hey, JP. Uh, he says, I sent screenlets, as you explained, in episode 310. Uh, or sorry, I set up screenlets, um, but I don't see any applets. I even tried manually add the PPAs, but nothing found. Can you help? Really? So you set up screenlets? Um, if you followed my tutorial, what, well, what distro are you using would be the first thing that I would ask. Screenlets itself should come with some some pretty awesome plugins or whatever you call them, widgets. Um, I kind of set it and forget it. Like you look at my screen, there you go, and all of those screenlets are just there. They're still up and running from when I set them up back on that episode. I guess he says it was three ten. So, yeah. um, can you let me know your distro? What uh, what's actually happening? I'm going to run screenlets, and you can see that I've got a ton of stuff there. So, are you telling me that you're seeing that as blank? Because that's the default stuff that I see when I when I open it up. You can download and install other screenlets, but out of the box, you should have a fair number of of them. Uh, there's a button there that says get more screenlets. I would try that. Website disable. Is it gone? I hope not. It could be. It's getting to be pretty old software. So maybe it's not... Uh, maybe you can't download extra ones anymore. But you should get it. You should get the ones that come with it. So, I don't know. Let me know. Um, and we'll take a look. I would hope that you got the same packages. I'm using Point Linux, and uh, Peter's done a really good job of making sure that Point Linux has some of the older stuff still functional. You know, Comp is Fusion, Screenlets, and some of the, the great stuff that we know and love about Linux, but that 
is probably you know falling into the whole deprecation cycle of old software, but he's able to keep this stuff going. Mm-hmm. I'm using Mate with it, which is a GNOME two fork, and so it really feels like old school Linux. But um, but if you're using a different distro and they've already deprecated something, then I'm afraid it may be gone. Right. Thanks for the question, well, JP. Here is a question from Dman810. Hey. Uh, I have a question eventually. Oh, eventually. boy. <laughs> All right. But for some back info. We'll get around to it. To what I have right. set up. I'll have an answer have, for you eventually. <laughs> I have a Raspberry <laughs> Pi running Raspbane. Yes. Uh, Debian based. The P, or Pi is set up with a relay board to control Christmas lights. I have it working Ooh. great. It plays MIDI files of Christmas songs. That's awesome. Cool. Love it. Very festive Now for the actual question. How can I make a web page to pick a MIDI file, then play it? Right MIDI, now, yeah. I use the CLI to execute the following command. Um, uh, play MIDI-P14song.mid. I have all the songs in a folder. I just want to be able to play a song or pick a song and play it. Another feature might be to query a bunch of songs and have them play one at a time. I uh, hope I provide enough info. Um, he's also running Point Linux as his OS. I uh, would like to nice. use a web page, though. Sure. Yeah, of course, the, you'd want something that's going to be running. Are you going to run it on the Raspberry Pi? Now, I don't have time tonight, Dennis, to do this for you. Uh, we've got about three minutes left to the show. I love the idea, though. <laughs> I am so going to do this for you. Um, you know what we'll do is... Episode number 326, we're going to take a look at this for you, and, and we're going to use tools such as uh, functions in PHP. Reader is a function which is going to allow us to read the directory contents of all your MID files. And MIDI, just so you know, is Musical Instrument Digital Interface. Gotcha. So when you sit down at a piano and play it out, and it's recording to MIDI, it's basically storing the musical score of what you play. Oh. So when he says he's got MIDI files... It's actual music scores that can then be transformed into audible music through FM trans, uh, mm-hmm. transcoders or, or uh, FM synthesis or possibly some other software. In this okay. case, it sounds like FM synthesis. So what we'll do is we'll create a PHP script that allows you to connect via your browser, choose the song from Read Dirt, we'll output as an, from mm-hmm. an array to, say, a select list or something like that. Love to do that for you. That'll happen on episode 326. Can I do that? Do it. That sounds exciting. It's going to be Wait, fun. So does this I, mean his lights, like, when it plays Jingle Balls, are like, Jingle bam, Balls? Bam, bam, bam. Or That'd really awesome. obnoxious like that. But one way or another. That was, the, that was the Trans-Siberian gist, Orchestra. That's the gist of it, though, right? Is the lights are playing to the beat of the music, right? I think so. That's pretty cool. And at the very least, it's playing music while the lights flicker. But it sounds like, I mean, why would you go to all the effort? I mean, you can, when you can just take out one bulb and put in the one with the little red with tip. The little blinker. <laughs> yeah. And they'll all blink. I think he's gone a little bit further by hooking up a Raspberry Pi. Oh. So I think it probably has delicious. some kind of... Yes. <laughs> it's a computer. It's like this. I know, it's but like they're ridiculous names. I know. You have to admit. Yeah. All right. They're silly. I can't help it. It's just Linux <laughs> and um, open source. So we just, we've run out of names. So it's going to be... Food-based. Ice cream sandwich and raspberry pie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. We're going to do that, Dennis. But don't Maybe. miss next week's show. We're going to learn how to control Be awesome. a MIDI player from our web browser. I need to know, Dennis, are you going to be running this on a LAMP stack on the Raspberry Pi itself? 
for is the Raspberry Pi only, the lighting controller, and it's moving to the music based on audio input. And you're using your computer to trigger the music. Mm. So I just need to know that. Next week, of course, we've got more Visa gift cards to give away. Don't miss it. Uh, those come to us from ESET, and uh, you can find out more about them by going to directly to their website, ESET.com, or through our link, cat5.tv slash ESET. Uh, we encourage you to use that link if you're in Canada or the U.S. And uh, for this week, that's all the time that we've got. Krista, always good to see you. I know. I'll try to come on more than like once every Yeah, it's been a while. Four, five super months. Busy. Six months. Super busy, this girl, doing websites and stuff and graphic design. Pretty stuff. Making the world pretty. Business cards, all these great business cards. Look at those. Sasha said she put it through the wash and it was good. And it was still good. Like, that's how good these business cards are. What other business cards go through the wash? They turn into like this. Everyone's going to be trying it now. They're going to receive them and just throw them in the wash. Not with the autographed ones, okay? Not with the autographed ones. Because that (laughs) may come off. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for being here tonight. And uh, thanks also to our guest, Bill Milkreest from ESET. So check them out. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.